And I'd love to have you uh, take out your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew 6. If uh, you have your Bible, that'd be great. Uh, you can turn on your Bible and turn with me to Matthew 6. Or if you need a Bible, there are red ones uh, on the row you're in. And uh, the page numbers will be on the, the screen behind me when we get there. But I am I'm so excited to get to share this morning together, uh, to get to end our Thanksgiving weekend together in worship like this, celebrating new life that's happening in individuals and in the church. Uh, I hope your uh, carb-loading comas have worn off and you've, uh, you've sort of come out of that and are revived and ready to, uh, ready to just celebrate God and God's love for us. Um, we are in between teaching series this morning. So we wrapped up last week. If you're not familiar with Journey, we just spent nine weeks in the book of 1 John looking at God's love for us and how we are called to love one another. And Howard uh, wrapped that series up for us last week, did a great job just sort of uh, calling our attention back to the most important themes of, of that series. And next week we start our Christmas series, our Advent uh, series as we head toward, toward Christmas. But this week, we just kind of had open, and as we're going to be doing some really cool things, celebrating baptisms here in just a few minutes, uh, we thought what we would use as a springboard for baptism is to go back to the, the series we ended the summer with called Beats, Finding the Message in the Music. Now, for those of you who weren't around uh, over the summer, we did this uh, four weeks where we uh, talked about music, music that you would hear on the radio, um, and you wouldn't typically hear in church, but we use this music to talk about the longings that we all have and how those longings point us toward Christ. And so thought as we're like celebrating baptism and new members coming into the church, it'd be a great time to just sort of bring out the fifth and final track of our Beats 2017 playlist. So I know you're excited, right? In fact, I got more feedback, and, and this is true across all three campuses, we got more feedback about this series, Beats, uh, than we have about any other series we've done in recent history. And, and it was mostly good, uh, I think actually pretty much all good, that people found it helpful, like meaningful, just to connect these dots from music that they enjoy back to Jesus. And, and one of the hopes in it, too, is that it helps to give, um, give us some language to have spiritual conversations with our friends, right? Uh, to be able to connect the longings that they feel in their heart with the one who can fulfill those longings, Christ. So, um... This morning, this last track that we want to look at for just a couple of minutes comes from by far the most popular band that we've looked at uh, over this year, and the band is U2. How many of you have heard of U2? All right, again, by far the most popular. All the other ones were kind of obscure, kind of new artists for lots of us. Not the case with U2. For those of you who don't know, uh, U2 has, has been around since the late 70s. Uh, they, the reason we are doing this song this morning is because they just celebrated the 30th anniversary of the release of their album, album The Joshua Tree. Uh, in 1987, U2 released this album that sort of propelled them to kind of front and center stage in the minds of, um, uh, of, of rock and roll fans around the world. U2 is, um, they have the record for the highest attended, highest grossing concert tour in history. Their 360 tour uh, that lasted three years. They have sold more than 170 million records worldwide, and they actually just last week released a new album called Songs of Experience. Any YouTube junkies that have picked that album up already? 
Okay, so anyhow, so just so you know, there's a new album. Um, make that 170 million and one coming up. So this summer, though, they did a 30th anniversary tour of the Joshua Tree. And so they, they toured the country and sang these songs that have inspired people for more than 30 or for 30 years. Uh, just out of curiosity, did anybody make it to one of those concerts on the Joshua Tree tour? We had one person in the last service who was in Kansas City. Anybody else in this service? Okay. Well, um, they packed out Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Um, I had a friend who went to the concert and said it was the most meaningful spiritual experience of his life. That it was the most meaningful worship experience he had ever been to. Now, he has never been to Journey at South Hutch on a Sunday morning. (laughs) But aside from that, it was the most meaningful. Um, This is what the Kansas City Star said about the concert. Tuesday night, you two turned the gargantuan sports venue, this is Arrowhead Stadium, into a church, a place of spirituality. Now, we won't argue whether it is a place of worship on most Sunday afternoons. Um, We'll talk about idolatry later. But, uh, (laughs) so, they, um, they recognize there was this, like, there was this deep, spiritual element in this in this gathering and um, U2 has this habit of turning their venues into churches into places of worship and they did this the video we want to show is actually from the Jimmy Kimmel show some of you may have seen this so they were on being interviewed uh, on the Jimmy Kimmel show and they did this impromptu concert for the people who were there now some of the people in the audience were a part of it because there was a gospel choir, you'll see, sort of stationed throughout the audience, who um, on their cue stand up and start singing, and they turn this, this venue into a church. And so um, let's continue to worship Christ by, uh, by watching this video. And if you feel so compelled to sing along, if you know the words, please feel free to do it. You can even stand and clap if you want to. All right, we'll play one of the desert songs for you. Thank you for letting us into your lives over these years. Thank you for letting us into your homes tonight. We want to play for you now a gospel song. Gospel song with a restless spirit.
is that I'm not gonna lie I uh my eyes may have puddled a little bit when I saw that for the first time on on YouTube um this is a gospel song with a restless spirit uh Bono says it's a it's a song about a spiritual journey it's a song about the reality that we are all seekers that we're, we're we're looking for something seeking um and it, it's, it's a song that names the, the reality that we have this, we have this tendency to, to look for something to fulfill us, to, to give us meaning and, and hope and joy. Um, he names in the song um, the things that we tend to run after. their experiences, uh, success, there's relationships, desire, the next shiny thing. Right? We're, we're, we're worshiping in this Sunday, right? We're, we're gathering as kingdom of God people on this Sunday between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. When there are lots of shiny things coming at us. And it's a season when little brown packages just sort of mysteriously end up on our porch. And it's just like, you don't even have to do anything. You just like one click and whew, they're there. Um, it's a season where we can be seduced by lots of things that we think will bring us hope and joy and meaning. The song says, I have climbed the highest mountains, I've run through the fields, uh, I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls, I have kissed honey lips, I have spoke with the tongue of angels, I have held the hand of the devil, and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I mean, how many of us is this our song? I mean, if we're really honest, we would say, like, this is, this is our journey, that, that we've spent... Big portions of our life, maybe for some of us. Maybe for some it's just a short season. Maybe some of us are still in that, of just saying, what is that thing that's going to fulfill me, that's going to like, meet these deep, deep longings in my heart, that's going to actually quench my thirst? And, and the song names the, the truth. It says, like, the, the things that we try to, to fulfill this longing inside of us, they just can't do it. They're always beyond our grasp. No matter how much we have, no matter how much we, we acquire, no matter how many experiences or how many relationships we've been in, they just don't have the capacity to do it. And they always lead us to a place of emptiness and brokenness and pain. At one point in the song, um, he says, I have held the hand of a devil, and it was warm in the night, but I was cold as stone. Right? I mean, just like, it, it left me at this place when I was cold as stone. Where do these songs come from? Well, like, like most artists, um, they come from a place of pain. When Bono was 14, he was at the funeral, at the graveside for his grandpa. And as they were lowering his grandpa into the ground, his mother collapsed and died. At 14 years old. Had an aneurysm and, and passed away. And he tells, when he talks about his story, he says, it left this gaping hole in my heart. And this song is written kind of as a reflection then of all of the things that he's used to try to fill that gaping hole. 
And it's a reflection that says, and they, they couldn't do it. They, they, they couldn't do it. And he says, again, in his own words, he says, I discovered, um, I discovered that this hole in my heart could only be filled by God's love. That's what he says. That there's nothing else that can fill it except God's love. This song, it names our, our propensity to search for something to fulfill us when the reality is that only someone can. And that one we're looking for to fulfill us is Jesus. That God has come to us. That God hasn't left us alone on this search. That God hasn't just said, well, just, you know, sort of good luck sort of seeking me out. But God is actually a seeker too. And God is actually the ultimate seeker. In Luke uh, 19.10, Jesus says, in his own words, he says, I have come, the reason I've come is to seek and to save those who are lost. Those who are just sort of like fumbling in the dark, trying to find their way. And I have come to turn the light on and to seek and to save them. To seek and to save those who are lost. I don't know, I don't know if you found what you're looking for yet. I don't know if you're at this place where you're still seeking, where you're still like saying like, I just feel, I feel the ache, I feel the longing, I feel the pain, and everything that I'm trying to grasp, it just is like sand through my fingertips. Maybe you're at that place, and it's, it's great to just be honest about that, to say, no, no, no I'm still seeking. And, and I haven't found or been found by Christ yet. And I'm really glad you're here, if, if that's where you are. Because part of what we're doing this morning is we're, we're celebrating, we're going to listen to the testimonies of those who have been found by Christ. Of those who are saying, I, I, my life has taken all these directions, but I have been found by Christ and I am making Jesus the leader, the king of my life. And I will spend the rest of my life seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus... Um, Real quickly, uh, Jesus, I, this is a, it's always been a real helpful thing for me to think about Jesus coming to be with us and what Jesus actually does for us and within us. That Jesus came to show us God's love. Um, Jesus was the embodiment of God's love. He was God's love in sandals walking the world and people felt it and they experienced it. Uh, Jesus came to save us from sin, to take away all the ways we've fallen short, all the ways that we've gone off track. And to just take away the guilt and the shame of that. One line in the song says, He carried, he, he broke the bonds, he loosed the chains, he carried the cross of my shame. This is the gospel, right? That Jesus came to save us from our sins. He came to set up his kingdom, his reality where Jesus is king. He, he came to set this up and to invite us into it so that our lives can now be a pursuit of his kingdom. And to shut down religion, to shut down all the ways we try to earn God's favor, all the ways we try to be good enough and worthy of it, he came to shut that down. And what we find is in all four of these things, Jesus gave us everything we need, like the deepest longings of our heart. We need acceptance. Everybody wants to know they're accepted. And Jesus showing God's love, it, it models that you are accepted. And I can say, um, not on my authority, but on the authority of Jesus, and on the authority of Scripture, you are accepted by God. Right here, right now, as you are, you are accepted by God. Because Jesus always front and loads acceptance. He always leads with acceptance. He says, because you are accepted, 
now you have a chance to respond to that acceptance. That God comes to us to show us his love and he gives us what we need. We need acceptance. He gives us forgiveness to be sort of the, the chains of our past, of all the mistakes, to be set free from those and to know that we are cleansed from sin. We are forgiven and we are free to live a brand new life. We look at the cross and we know that we are forgiven. He came to set up his kingdom, which gives us purpose. It gives us something to do with our lives, a place to use our talents and our gifts to say, oh, my, my life is no longer going to be seeking all of these things. It's going to be seeking the kingdom of God. To see the rule and the reign, the government of Jesus, be done in, in my life, in our lives, in our church, in our community as it is in heaven. And we're going to give our lives to this, to be his disciples who make more disciples. It gives us purpose, and, and, and it gives us security. It gives us security that we, sometimes people find in religion. It says, if I do all of these right things, if I, if I stay within the lines, then I'll be sort of secure. And Jesus came to do away with religion and to give us security of relationship, to say we can trust that God is for us, he is with us, to give us this good news that we don't have to earn what we already have. Somebody could say amen to that, right? Do you know if, if, you, if you have something, you don't have to earn it. And so many times we spend our whole lives trying to earn something that is already freely given to us. This is the good news of Jesus, that he came to seek and to save the lost. And the goal of it all was that we would participate in God's life. That we would be invited to live this life in the kingdom with God for the rest of our lives. In Galatians 2.20, this this amazing verse says this, I have been crucified with Christ. Would you actually, would you say this with me? Let's go, let's read it together. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, there are two eyes in this passage I have been crucified, and I no longer live. There is an I that has died, that has participated in the death of Jesus. It's part of what baptism is. It is saying, my, the life that I used to live, the life of seeking after all of these things, is, is gone. It's, it's died, and it has died with Jesus. But there's another I, there's an I that now lives in the body. There's an I that is raised from the dead as Jesus was raised from the dead. It is an I that says my whole life now is in the pursuit of Jesus and seeing his kingdom come when all of the colors will bleed into one. Do you believe it? Amen.